You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. everyone welcome back to the podcast so excited to share this week's episode with you it's something that we haven't talked about before and meg and i learned about this for the first time as we were interviewing so it's really exciting but before that just wanted to give you a quick life update so as you guys know i have moved to la so we are now bi-coastal and it has been crazy um so don and i are still just trying to get into a new routine figuring out where to put all of our stuff in our house. Um, I think we've done like four trips to the Goodwill at this point, Um, but it's coming along and we're getting back into a routine. You guys know how big routines are for Meg and I, so it's a big deal to get back into that, um, especially for my mental health. So um, what I wasn't expecting for this move was... um, just the the emotions of it all. So I knew I would be sad to move away from friends and, you know, it was bittersweet. I was excited to move to California where it was warm um, and start a new adventure with John. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's leaving friends behind and people who you love. Um, and when we first got here, it was really lonely. So even, you know, John's around and um, it was still just super lonely and and I had a really hard time. So um just wanna be super honest and real with you guys, but um slowly it's it's getting better. Um a part of it was just my attitude. Um and I just had to reevaluate and, you know, kind of dig deep and realize that, you know, this is a new adventure and this is exciting. Um and my friends in Boston are still there, um, and I can still talk to them and um it's just a new experience. So a little update for you um if you're in LA let me know and we can hang out um I definitely love the weather it's great um but yeah so that's a little update from me about the move um but this week's episode is very exciting so as I mentioned this is something we haven't talked about before something totally brand new for us to learn about and that is new tropics so um, this episode is all about brain function. Caroline Rasmussen, she has an incredible story, so she'll tell you about it. But just a little background, she tells us about her career on Wall Street, um, working in in, um, in big law in New York, and how she just things came to a head for her. Her dad was diagnosed with dementia. Her lifestyle wasn't um, what she wanted it to be, um, and so she had to make some decisions and. You know, she took a step back and was able to reevaluate and has come out on the other side um, so much healthier and uh, with so many, you know, 
so much to offer people. So um, we're excited to talk to Caroline. We hope you enjoy this episode. Please let us know what you think. Um, Check out our Instagram later this week for a giveaway. Um, You won't want to miss that. And we also have a discount code. So check out the show notes for that or our Instagram. So we love you so much and we'll talk to you soon. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. So this week we have Caroline Rasmussen on the podcast, Um, and this is a topic that we've actually never done a deep dive into, so we're super excited, Um, and we'll get into her whole story, but we're going to talk a lot about um, brain function and, you know, her background at a busy Wall Street job and how her journey and career path has taken her to a different place. Um, so welcome, Caroline. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, ladies. I'm really happy to be here. We're both fascinated by your story, um, and we obviously know a little bit about it, but for our listeners who don't know your background, can you kind of start from the beginning, maybe, um, you know, when you were working on Wall Street and kind of what led you to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So, To go all the way back, I was actually born and raised in Thailand. Um, I'm from Thailand, and I came here to the States for college. Um, And then out of college, I got onto that corporate track that you're mentioning, you know, basically because it seemed like a good way to make money and everyone else was doing it. So it was not a very well-considered decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I started off um, at UBS Investment Bank in the private equity fund group. And then after a couple years, I got interested in the legal aspects of the work. Uh, So I went up to Harvard in Boston, where you ladies are for my law degree, and then came back to to New York, to the city, to work in big law. Um, And that's the period where I just fell into this, um, I guess I would call it caffeine and crash cycle and just a super inflammatory lifestyle, you know smoking almost a pack a day of cigarettes, you know, eating almost every meal at the office, um, just in the service of getting the never ending work done. Like that was just kind of the priority. Um, it's actually amazing looking back how caught up I got in just the pace of everything. Yeah. Uh, to the point where it just, it kind of just masked how much my mental health was declining and how burnt out and depressed I was. Um, and what really kind of snapped me out of it, unfortunately, was my dad's um, early onset dementia and Parkinson's diagnosis. Um, and it's kind of sad that it took something so extreme and, and, you know, heartbreaking as that to snap out of it. But when I did see what was happening to him, it shifted my motivation completely from, you know, getting the nice paycheck and trying to get all the best reviews at work and meeting the expectations of everyone around me to just learning about the brain and doing everything I could to avoid dementia myself and just overall find a better way of living that I could actually enjoy. Um, So I quit my job and I went back home to Thailand to just kind of just get off the treadmill and learn about the brain. Um, Mm -hmm. And the way I did that was via herbs and meditation, which are two of sort of the mainstays of Thai traditional medicine. So I was training a lot of herbal clinics, doing a lot of intensive, you know, silent meditation retreats. Um, and the mind-body lens of how people think about wellness back home and back in Asia generally was actually really foundational for me and has become really foundational for the brand. It just, 
you know, it's so, so interesting when you learn about the physical pathways of how the brain works, which aren't even like fully understood. When you also mm-hmm. are to, you know, the subtle and really powerful mental and emotional aspects of the mind and how we can use that and things like neuroplasticity, it also just starts to get really exciting. So anyway, the more I applied what I was learning in terms of, you know, all the mind herbs and the mind practices, the better I started feeling and functioning. Um, whereas before in New York, I was just always kind of down and foggy and zero energy and just kind of like pushing against the wall and just pushing, trying to push through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started falling into place for me when, you know, at the same time I was reading like hundreds of studies and I kept seeing in the research that all these things that are kind of like ancient practices, right. That were helping me function better at the age of 29 at the time. They're also shown to fight cognitive decline in various ways. So, um, you know, that's when I, I was like, oh, maybe they're like, I didn't realize that short and long-term brain health are so linked. Yeah. And, you know, the aha moments for me in terms of the, you know, the actual products was I was thinking as well about all my friends back here that were, you know, basically medicating. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't judge. Um, and I definitely have put my toe into that as well. But, you know, there's just a ton of Adderall and finance industry and even things like Ritalin or modafinil, and then like Xanax to rev down versus what I was doing in Thailand, which was just so much more, you know, it was effective, but it was so much more sustainable and it just felt better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh my God, there's a better way. Right. So, you know, these herbs have actually been used for thousands of years to just be awake and be focused and be tuned in, but they actually like heal you as well at the same time. They oxygenate the brain detox the brain and I have to help you like grow new brain cells, which is, you know, it used to be people thought that once you weren't a kid anymore, you kind of had the brain you had and it was all downhill from there or at best maintenance. But now we know that you can actually grow new brain cells throughout your life and just essentially regenerate and actively remap your brain, which is just really exciting. So I was working with these herbs, um, using them on myself, using them with my dad, and then eventually friends and seeing all these wonderful results. And I was also, you know, finally for the first time in my life, just feeling kind of like a high from just having a clear mind and being in love with, you know, what I was doing. So eventually it became the obvious decision to start this mind company, Antara. So cool. And that's such an interesting story too. I'd love to um, kind of um, go through it a little bit. So I know for a lot of our listeners and a lot of people out there, they may be feeling overwhelmed and maybe feeling like, oh my goodness, like, what have I gotten myself into? I've graduated college, and now I've been in my job for a few years and just feeling burnt out. How did you get to the point where you said enough is enough without feeling like the shame, the guilt that goes along with, you know, quitting something? Because I know that's kind of a a burden for some people out there who are thinking about doing the same thing. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, I think in my particular case, um, just the shock uh, of seeing what was like physically happening to my dad and just seeing him fade away. Like there's nothing, you know, if if any of your listeners have someone like that in their family or a friend, you know, it's just a terrible thing to see. And it can really make you think about, well, what am I doing with my time? You know, it just makes you makes you want to it makes you realize you have limited time and it makes you want to really optimize that time. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
for me, I was just sort of at the edge, frankly, already. So it just was the catalyst okay. that pushed me over the edge um, to at least give myself the space to like go through that thought process. And then what really helped me, you know, just deprioritize the expectations of everyone else um, and, you know, the possible shame that would come with like a total, you know, a total redirection was actually meditation. Um, I mean, it just, it kind of takes you out of that like chatty, focused thinking mind that's like so worried about what everyone else is thinking and so worried about the validation and really linked with your ego. And it, it trains you to kind of observe that a little bit from a third party perspective. And then you're better able to be like, well, does that really matter to me? You know, does it really matter what, what that person thinks? Um, you know, certainly I don't, you know, there's people that from my old finance life that haven't come with me into my new life as friends and that's totally okay. And everyone is where they're at, but you know, I'm so much happier now for not being, you know, kind of enslaved to just the fear of what everyone else would think. Um, it's, it's, it's really liberating and it's a process. Uh, but I think meditation, you know, is, is a really awesome tool for kind of getting there over time and just overall giving yourself this space to, you know, think about what's important for you. Yeah. I feel like so much of what you're saying is really resonating with me. Um, I actually used to work at PwC. So everything, literally everything you're saying is just like ringing so many bells. And I was also able to kind of remove myself from that world. Um, but it's so fascinating to me, kind of like once you're in it, how normalized it seems. And, you know, like working upwards of 90 hours a week is just what's expected. So that's what you do. So I feel like your your story with that and then also too, I would drink so much coffee because of the crazy hours we were working that when I stopped, I had to just completely like do a detox from it because it was too much. Yeah, coffee is an interesting one. I went through that as well. Um, what I actually found was that it stopped working after a while for me. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I wasn't like totally, I think, adrenally exhausted necessarily, but it just, I was like, I could have, you know, five or six cups of coffee and it just wasn't working um, yeah. versus these herbs kind of work differently. So that was another kind of, you know, at a certain point, the whole Adderall coffee thing just, you know, <laughs> oh, it kind yeah. of maxed out on itself. So I totally yeah. yeah, it's just, it's such an unhealthy lifestyle. Um, but I would love to learn. So you've talked a little bit about the herbs and is that, and this is just me not knowing, but are those herbs nootropics? Is that the right term? What makes something a nootropic? Can we dive into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great question because with kind of herbal products and herbal medicine becoming more prevalent, there is, um, some confusion I've found between, nootropics and things like adaptogens. So a nootropic is actually any substance, not just an herb, um, you know, caffeine, coffee is actually nootropic as well. Any substance that is designed to make your brain work better, to like cognitively enhance your function. Um, 
So these herbs, uh, there's actually two products. One of them is Dharana, which actually means holding concentration. Some of your yogi listeners uh, might be familiar with the term. It's a yoga term. But Dharana, focus and energy brain food, that is made of nootropic herbs. And then there's Amrita, anti-aging brain food, which is made of a variety of kind of brain botanicals that are anti-inflammatory and antioxidant and help you grow your brain that are not technically nootropic herbs because their, you know, bioactive primary effect is not in the moment enhancing your brain function. Um, and just to touch on the other term I used, which I'm sure you guys know and, and your listeners probably know, but adaptogens are also a separate class of herbs that are really designed to kind of even out your HPA axis and your cortisol and stress response over time, um, which can increase your energy kind of over time, but typically doesn't have an immediate effect. So if you're looking for a neurotropic, you want to make sure you're actually getting, you know, neurotropics and not adaptogens because some herbs are both and some herbs are, are just adaptogens. Yeah. So what are some of like, how did you first dip your toes into mm -hmm. this? Did you, you know, Google it? Did you go out and find doctors? How did you get involved and kind of learn what you know today? Yeah, so I landed back home in Bangkok in Thailand and I was like, I want to apprentice at uh, an herbal clinic. So mm -hmm. that's what I did. And I went there and they accepted me. And I basically was like, I want to know everything that you have here that can work for the brain and they're like that's not what how we teach we teach all the herbs <laughs> eventually you know did go that route um but that's how i got into it is i started at the uh prachinburi you know chow praya herbal clinic um just kind of mixing herbs and, and watching how they were prescribed to patients and learning about the history and the uses and how they work together um and then mixing them up you know for myself and tinctures for myself and my dad and eventually sharing those with my friends. Super cool. And as you were doing that, was there a point where you noticed a big difference? Do you feel like you made other lifestyle changes in, you know, in conjunction with adding in the herbs where you noticed that you started to feel better and have more focus? Yeah, um, totally. So I started taking, I mean, I pretty quickly made that distinction that you guys made earlier between, you know, I'm not 60 like my dad is and having these problems. I'm 29 and I'm having a different set of mental problems. Like I wanted to learn about both of those, uh, you know, herbs that could help both of those fears. And a lot of, there is a lot of overlap, but when I started taking the herbs that are designed, you know, really for immediate effect, which is what I put in the focus and energy brain food. I absolutely started, you know, having these amazing flow states, having a lot more focus, um, you know, feeling a lot more upbeat as well. And then in terms of the other lifestyle change, it really was, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it really was, you know, the meditation. I started learning a bunch of different techniques. So I learned TM, um, I did traditional Vipassana, you know, Buddhist meditation, um, MBSR, which is mindfulness-based stress reduction, loving kindness, and then I just really started getting deep into it. Um, and, and that absolutely played, you know, a key complementary role in just allowing me to be able to, like, focus better and prioritize 
and not be so reactive um, and think just more strategically about everything. Um, mm -hmm. so it was very much kind of like a dual, you know, a dual pronged approach that was that was about you know the meditation lifestyle as well. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. So for people who you know are feeling this way and need something to help them, whether it be you know replacing coffee with something or cigarettes or whatever it may be, what what advice would you give them to start? Just to take a step back for a minute you know, everyone's familiar with that kind of distracted, you know, checking Instagram again, you know, email coming in, this ping and that ping and Facebook notifications and whatever. And when we just like let ourselves get so caught up in that, you know, in addition to that meta second level of all the just big obligations that we have in life, we're actually missing an opportunity when we don't sit for like sustained periods of time, we're missing an opportunity to increase you know, our brain growth and neuroplasticity in our brains and to kind of remap our brains actively. So it's kind of like a circular thing. So the more you can get into a flow state and the more you can sit for longer, the more it just promotes that. And then you find that the focus comes more naturally, which then itself tends to decrease the stress because you're, you know, you're actually able to get done what you are trying to be doing. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, Dharana works from an herbal perspective in that it's going to give you these powerful kind of three big hitting nootropics from TCM and Ayurveda. Uh, titrational medicine is kind of a blend of the two. It gives you these three nootropics that work together to really kind of tune in your attention and make you focused. But two of those nootropics are also adaptogens. And so at the same time, you're going to be relaxed. So it's not like the jittery focus of too much coffee, mm -hmm. or too much Adderall. It's like, you know, you're, you're, the words are flowing if you're writing or you're just feeling really sharp, but you're also so relaxed because you might've noticed, you know, when, the more anxious you get, like maybe it's a deadline or something like that, the more anxious you get, often it actually impedes your thinking mm -hmm. and meet the deadline just because the anxiety of it. Um, so an herbal aid like that is really helpful um, and then, you know, I, meditation I find is really helpful too. And the mm -hmm. reason I'll just to get into it a little bit more is, you know, they've, they've found now that with meditation, you literally can change the physical structure of your brain. You can make certain neural networks more robust and strengthen the connections between them and move the activity away from from other neural networks that may not be helping you as much, like those repetitive ruminating thought networks or those stress networks. So when you just keep training your attention, uh, you're able to A, sustain focus for longer, and B, you're actively putting your you know, pretty considerable mental power behind the physical reshaping of these circuits. So it's becoming more and more easy for you later as well to avoid that falling into that stress cycle. Yeah, I feel like it's so easy <laughs> to fall into that stress cycle like you mentioned. But what I'm realizing now is I don't know that we've ever said the name of your brand um, yeah. on let's talk Tara about that. and Tara. <laughs> um, so let's talk about that. So I feel like you discovered these amazing herbs. Um, but what were the next steps 
after you came back home to the U.S.? And when did you decide that you needed to share it with other people? So eventually I, I came back to the States. Um, you know, my husband's here and I couldn't kind of sit in, in Bangkok forever. So I right. did come back to the States, to New York, and I had all these new insights with me and just these new tools that I was using myself in my life that had me in such a better place than I was when I left. And I just, you know, I saw that there's so much need for what had been helping me in New York City. Like people are crazy busy. You know, the mental demands people are under are insane. Um, and it, and there's just, you know, so much distraction, so much anxiety, you know, some kind of like depression as well. You know, increasingly my friends are talking about, frankly, openly, it's becoming more okay to talk about, you know, just if you are not not fulfilled at your job or if, you know, you are thinking about changing things. And I was like, this just fits really, really well. Um, and, you know, I did have to take a full-time job again um, in a startup, a fintech startup, just to kind of get my finances in order. But really, it, you know, it was pretty, uh, it was a pretty quick decision after coming back here that I was like, oh, there's definitely a need for these herbal therapies and these consciousness therapies um, to help people just get on a more sustainable path um, and feel better doing it. Um, so what I did was I got, you know, I, and this is what something I would recommend to any entrepreneur is just make sure you have your financial house, you know, in the best place it can be before you totally, you know, forge out on your own, just cause it's going to make things a lot easier at that stage. Um, but I did go back to work and then I had Antara kind of as my side hustle that I was developing on the side. Um, and, you know, I did like over a year long search for a formulator that could help me translate basically this, you know, concoction that I had made, um, from myself in my kitchen to kind of like an FDA approved, uh, lab formula. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also looked for a co-packer and a manufacturer and it was, it's an interesting process cause I had no experience in any of that. Um, right. but you know, I did have the paycheck coming in. I was able to take my time and be really deliberate about it. And it took quite a bit of time. I took over two years to find the right partner and make sure, you know, everything was in order. Um, something that, you know, people often don't realize is when you're starting out in an industry, you know, obviously you have smaller volume orders. And uh, sometimes when it's a big established industry, it, people don't want to pay attention to the small fish and they certainly don't want to go out of their way to mm -hmm. extra work. And I was very much insistent on, you know, wanting to know where the ingredients came from, wanting it to be exactly the type of extract that I knew worked. Um, and sometimes it was too much trouble and I'd have to start again. So it took me a long time, but everything came together, you know, as with all things, I believe on the right timeline. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up launching um, the actual products earlier this year. That's so cool. And I love that you said that you were patient and it took time because I think so often we hear entrepreneurs kind of saying, you know, I decided to start this business. So I did. And then I launched it right away. And then it was a success overnight. And I think that's cool if that works for you. But at the same time, that's not going to be every story. There's work that gets put into it. And for the longevity of a brand, I feel like it takes that extra work. And, you know, like you said, finding the right formulas and finding the right partners to continue the journey with you. Um, so I really appreciate you saying that. 
No, it's definitely true. And I actually, you know, even those brands that say they go viral like immediately, mm-hmm. uh, even if and when that is the case, there's still so much work behind it, right? There was so much work before yeah. it went viral. Like no one just had this random idea and that in its first original form went viral. So right. I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, it was a surprise to do it, go through it myself and see just how much kind of guerrilla warfare and hacking and chopping is involved. But yeah, that's definitely the reality of starting your own company, especially when you haven't done it before, however viral it is or, or not. Yeah. And I also feel like we've talked to a lot of people in doing the podcast and just in general, I think on social media, you see it a lot, but I feel like sometimes, you know, being an entrepreneur is cool in itself. So I feel like we also see too in today's age people who just want to be entrepreneurs but like we'll pick a random idea that doesn't necessarily mean something to them but but kind of just because they want the title of entrepreneur so I feel like it's a diff it's an interesting world we're living in that's so true I totally agree um you know for me the funny thing is I never wanted to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. uh, you know back at home in Thailand I have a lot of friends that are and even though I didn't have the inside lens that we just talked about from experience, I did kind of like suspect and know at some level, like that's a lot of work and you can end up actually being, you know, more stressed than you would working for someone else, depending on the situation. So it, that, you know, but it definitely has become cool, you know, over the past 10 years or whatever, whereas kind of traditional Wall Street jobs are maybe less cool. Um, yeah. It's funny, I wouldn't have done this at all to be honest if it wasn't a subject matter and just a personal experience that I'm really passionate about and that I just kind of intrinsically find uh so interesting and that's another I guess tidbit if anyone's thinking of starting a company like make sure it's something that you know even if you weren't doing it for the money like you'd be interested to learn more about because there's going to be hard times there's going to be stuff like pitching today that it's not your favorite thing <laughs> But if the background subject matter and and product or material or whatever it is, is really, you know, motivating to you at your core, it's probably worth it. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of leads me to my next question. So the re so we recently we just started season two of the podcast and we wanted to kind of realign our goals for it. And we decided that we wanted to go back to our why. Why did we start this in the first place? you know, why are we, you know, adding this extra work onto our plates? What is the reason for it? And so we want to bring that in with our guests as well. And I'm really curious how you go through every day and remember that why, if you have any, you know, special tips or, you know, how you remind yourself when it gets kind of difficult. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, So for me, I mean, the why of it, I think part of what has transformed my life since I left Wall Street and over the past five years is I've gotten just really good about thinking about the why of you know everything I do, however small it is. Um, and you know the catalyst, the way that started was again my dad's diagnosis, and it made me be like, well, wait, why am I working at this job? Mm-hmm. Um, and it really you know, it came down to basically trying to make myself feel good because everyone thought I had the great, you know, the best situation and that I was performing the best and, and you know, outperforming and all those metrics. And 
really it was a circumstance of just like trying to meet a bar for output that was just always going to rise higher. Um, and, and the why had nothing to do with me. Um, so that kind of foundational realization just made me change my mindsets where I'm always thinking of why I'm doing this. And what I've found is when you start thinking that way, you actually often realize like you don't need to do as many things as maybe you thought you did. Um, because the reason, you know, if you really sit and think about the reason, it's it's not that important or it may not be like generating from inside you. Um, so for me, my, my number one tool to, you know, keep that in perspective is basically making sure I have that regeneration time and the way I often use that regeneration time is is in meditation because when it gives you, you know, meditation, one of the one of the key things that it does is it increases, it creates a pause between when you have a thought and when you just act on it. And so if you have a thought, oh I need to do X and you just act on it, you're not thinking, well why? Uh, and again, when you think about why, you may realize it's not that important to the bigger picture of what you're trying to achieve. And you can make, you know, you can pull this out on every level, whether it's a task or whether it's the job you're in or whether it's what you're doing with your life more broadly. Um, so I just think, I think it's such a great point um, to just bring back in, you know, the intrinsic motive, make sure, making sure you're in touch and always in touch and checking in on the intrinsic motivation behind why you're doing things and be, making sure you're aware of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important. And it's something that we both struggle with sometimes, to be honest, because I feel like it's really easy to get bogged down in your day to day, everything on your to do list. Um, I'm definitely a list maker and just focus on that as opposed to the bigger mission. So I feel like we are totally with you on that. Um, one question that we're trying to bring back that's a favorite of mm -hmm. mine and I'm always just fascinated by is our guests' morning routines. Mm -hmm. um, it's really interesting. I feel like some people have very defined morning routines. Other are, others are very flexible. But could you share with us some things you do in the morning to set your set yourself up for the day? What I do, I used to check my phone immediately, and now I very consciously don't do that. <laughs> uh, the first thing I do is I actually just like lie there, um, because you know what's one of the things that's really interesting about the mind and the different brainwave states you can get into is um, when you first wake up out of a proper sleep, you're still in that kind of dreaming theta state, and that's a state where you're subconscious is allowed to be essentially working at its peak and where your conscious chatty to-do list mind is kind of quieted down and less active and if you can take advantage of that theta state it often you know allows insights to bubble up or just allows that like deep regeneration of your subconscious it can really set you up really nice for the day like it's the same kind of thing where you know, maybe you've been working on a problem actively with your mind and then you just kind of switch off and go into autopilot and you're driving home in the same route that you always know. And when you allow your active mind to stop working, that's when actually the answer comes to you that you've been looking for. It's because you let, you know, that kind of more theta mind, that subconscious mind actually do the work for you. And that's actually where the real power is. But 
Anyway, so what I what I like to do is try to take advantage of that. And I just kind of stay in bed and I kind of orient to how I'm feeling, um, you know, whether it's, you know, going through any residue from yesterday, if I have any like fear or anxiety or excitement about what's coming today. I orient also, I like to just kind of notice the quality of light that's coming in my bedroom, just like really get back to the sensory basics and take advantage of that calmer state that, that you get when you first wake up. Um, Cause I find when I'm much more efficient and happy when I just take the time to set that baseline. Um, so then I get up, uh, what I do do is the old hot, you know, hot water and lemon trick <laughs> um, before breakfast to kind of alkalize. Um, and then breakfast, you know, I'm a big fan of intuitive eating and listening to your body. So it could be different, you know, day to day, sometimes just fruit or eggs or chia seeds or whatever. Um, and then I take my brain foods. I always take my Amrita sort of anti-inflammatory brain food. Um, and then if I didn't have the best sleep or I'm not feeling, you know, the most upbeat or focused, I'll also take the nootropic food. Um, and I pair that with coffee that, um, you know, I also mix different herbs in right now I'm reishi powder because, you know, just, it's just general immunity supporting powder. That's really great for almost everyone. Mm-hmm. And then this is a point where I first check my phone, I would say, <laughs> yeah. uh, because what's coming next is I always, you know, meditate for an hour every morning. But what I've learned is that if I haven't checked my phone before that, I can, it can be a little bit harder to turn off because I'm worried about if there's something urgent that needs to be addressed. I'll check my phone and then I'll do my meditation and then. Wow. An hour. (laughs) That is impressive. Yeah. I have a hard time with five minutes to be honest. (laughs) Me too. It's all just a wonderful book that you'll read over time. It's, it's a wonderful evolution and a process. If you're even doing five minutes regularly a day, you know, that's the start. That's the start of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so where can our listeners find Antara and you and find out what's coming up? We can be found on the website. That's antaralife.com. It's A-N-T-A-R-A-L-I-F-E.com. And then obviously on social, just at Antara Life is the handle. Um, on the blog and on social, there's ton of content about, you know, everything from the use of different herbs to the latest studies on brain health, energy healing, meditation, wellness retreats, and just general inspiration. So I definitely love to educate and share all the amazing, you know, stuff that's always coming out on these topics. But I think we also have often too much information and not enough inspiration in life. So that's part of it as well. Cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. We really, I mean, this was super enlightening. Um, I learned so much about my brain um, and I'm really excited to try it on Tara. Excited to grow mine. Uh, yes, yeah, same. I didn't realize you could grow your brain. So here we go. <laughs> As always, you can find us at detoxandtillpodcast.com on Instagram, all of the things. Um, join our exclusive Facebook group. There are a couple questions you have to answer to get into the group so we know you're legit um and so thank you for listening and thank you caroline thanks ladies